Uh, he's had uh, some. He's been to the gym, gymnasium, and he's yeah. had some. Coffee. I've been to gym too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hello. Uh, and uh, he's ready to talk about worked. some stuff. Oh, let's do it. Tom let's likes t- to talk about stuff. Let's talk about things and stuff. You know what Tom likes to talk about a lot things. is. Um, well, I don't know, but he he loves. I love, but Tom really loves San Francisco. Oh man, I do. It's uh, one of my great passions. And tell life. me some things you love about San Francisco. I love the weather. Oh, God, I love the weather. Uh-huh. I, don't know. I think I get, I, I spent the first three years of my life living in a suburb of uh, San Francisco known as Daly City. I have an uncanny love of fog as a result of that. Yeah, fog's in great. In San Francisco, if you know where to go, you can get your fog fix pretty much every day. Okay. Every day. I right. uh, love that. Uh, there's great food to be had. Um, it's a great, well, if, if, if I'm being very honest, it's a great place to feel very. Um, Sort of um, dramatic pause. Wordy about no. Uh, <laughs> it's a great place to feel proud of. You know, it's like I'm proud of being born there, which is yeah. the dumbest thing in the world. But there's it really is yeah. there is a yeah. there is a certain amount of I just like that. Uh, it's, it feels exclusive. You know, like you know, uh, I like if you live in San Francisco uh, and you you really know San Francisco, which. Yeah. I used to. That's getting that. That's getting further and further and further into the uh, into the rearview mirror as yep. time goes on. But, yep. um, but still, it's just and it's such a great city. It just mm-hmm. is a great city. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, it's not. It's 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 got some of the qualities of New York. It's got some qualities of European cities. Mm-hmm. It's just fabulous. And the history is weird as fuck. Yeah, and I was a tour guide for about seven years too. That's that's how in much San Francisco. Of, in San Francisco, yeah, yeah. That's how much of a boner I've had for that city. It's a great, it's one of the world's great cities. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. And yeah. I lived there for about six years, which is really to say I lived in the Bay Area for six years and like a couple of them in San Francisco. But you do that sort of like, oh, yeah, I lived in San Francisco for six years. Right. And I think it's one of the world's great cities. And I defend it against um, outsiders who will say things like, uh, oh, I'm heading up to San Fran or to Frisco. And I'm like, no, sir. It's the city, capital T, capital C. Uh, or anyone who I hear, like, we went to San Francisco. Oh, what'd you do? We went to the wharf. We went to Pier 39. I just have to walk away. You might have gone to, you might as well have gone to Oakland at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's just, it's all of that. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. I think I used to love San Francisco a lot more than I do now because of the following. It isn't New York. Mm-hmm. It's adorable that it wants to be New York, but it's just not New York in any way. And here's the thing. That's okay, but New York actually opens its arms to people, and that exclusivity is <laughs> annoying as fuck. Because here's the but thing. But you have if some you of would, it yourself because, you're, again, you're defending part of it. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll, I'll defend it in mm-hmm. the moment. You know, I'll don't call it Frisco, et cetera. But, yeah. but I do sort of mind how San Francisco isn't the greatest city in the world. It's up there, Mm -hmm. but it acts as if it is. And that sort of arrogance annoys the piss out of me. It just jacks off to it. It does. It loves to hate. (laughs) And and it it loves to hate LA, which is, which is a, which is, it's too easy. Well, first off, A, it's easy. And B, LA couldn't give a shit less. They have zero give a fuck. Any Giants Dodgers game, when the Giants visit the Dodgers, the fans are, it's a rivalry, but 
But when the Dodgers visit the Giants, uh, boo. Lasorda used to come out and tip his hat to the crowd who's throwing garbage at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, look, I love San Francisco. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as much as you do, but I also, like many things I love, I'm thinking of something I'm looking at right now. I find it annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be you, Tom. Yeah, I, I, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Pa. I reckon I appreciate that. But it's a great city. And, and also, I, I'm from the perspective that you're now from, which is that whatever time I, I spent as a San Franciscan, I'm holding up air quotes here now, mm-hmm. are in the rearview mirror because I couldn't afford it. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm That's the, yeah. the other thing. New York should be more expensive than you, San Francisco. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> it really should. It yeah. really should. And then, meanwhile, I think to, I, I think San Francisco has passed Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is, in fact, the most expensive city in the world to live in right now. Ah, uh, okay. Like, yeah, it's just horror stories about like the, the cost of living in that town. is oh, so ridiculous. So this is all, it's, I guess it's in a weird... As it's like all real love letters should be. It should have the caveats and 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 you know conditional it, clauses and so forth. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It's like oh, like real love. My yeah. love. Okay. It <laughs> like all real love has its like uh, you know except for this you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's this part of me that just wants yeah. to like uh, just like a massive earthquake that knocks yeah. the property values down. <laughs> Maybe a like a, a dirty bomb attack. Something. Yeah. I'll I'll wear a goddamn chem suit in yeah. my living room. To just to live in San Francisco, yeah. get rid of these jackasses. Oh, so, but someone I know and love uh, who has I want a great marriage um, told me <laughs> not long ago. Oh, but there's been a couple of digging the hole moments, and I said, "What do you mean?" Well, where I, I've dug the hole. Like, where can I bury this woman? <laughs> <laughs> and she's had him for me. And I, I guess, yeah. yeah, like you say, that's that's what real love is. And, <laughs> yeah, and San really... Francisco has it. So, so today's uh, sort God, of love God, letter episode prick. is is. Uh, is a, an odd one because we're going to be doing three films instead of two. Mm-hmm. And um, these are all films in which we th- we believe that San Francisco is like a main character. It's basically, yeah, just another character and uh, another character in the movie for sure. Yeah, and there are plenty of uh, films to choose from. I mean, an obvious choice would be the 1936 classic San Francisco with right. Clark Gable. Clark Gable, right. Um, but it didn't quite make the cut. Yeah. I'm going to start... Uh, or, or Pal Joey. I mean, like, Pal Joey. just a bunch, right? Yeah, great. Because it's, um, it's, it's such a cinematically good uh, location that it's been used so many times. Yeah. Like, like Vertigo. I mean, all these, yeah. these, these movies have been set in San Francisco because it's so pretty yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but, but, but these are movies where we think San Francisco is essentially another character. Yeah, and and by the way, like I, I think Bullet would be one that could could definitely make the cut. Although I think the only reason we're not including is we're saving it for a different episode we have in mind. Oh yeah. So do you mind if we go chronologically? Uh, go absolutely. Okay, so we're going to start in 1947 mm-hmm. with the Warner Brothers classic, Dark Passage. Dark Passage. Dark Passage. Ah, such a great movie. Such Fantastic. a such a such an insanely flawed movie. Um, yeah, it doesn't hold up. It really as it just oh. it no, it doesn't hold up except except that it does as a movie. It's wonderful. It's entertaining. Okay, it's got all those qualities, but the logic inside of the movie is so bananas. You think but, so? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to it in a minute when we start talking about the movie itself. Sure. Um, but uh, that's interesting. It, it does and doesn't hold up, and because it has sort of flaws. But I, I think the flaws are, are as a result of its um, taking a risk. It takes risks that other movies at that time did not really take. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Let's oh. let's go. All, all right, right, so the premise of the film is is this: is that um, first of all, it starts the first 
third or more of the film really is carried through a, a first-person narrative perspective, camera-wise. Correct. Right? The camera is the, the perspective of our protagonist. Played by Humphrey Bogart. In a way, played by the voice of Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart, right? right? Exactly. Because we're looking out of Humphrey Bogart's eyes right. for the first you know, 40% of the film, mm-hmm. and he escapes from San Quentin up the, north of Marin County. This this perspective shot almost is almost always incredibly annoying in movies. This yeah. is one where it's used effectively. I can think of two movies... Where this this shot is a very, is a very effectively used. Can you name them? Oh well, this one right yeah. here, and then um, Requiem for a Heavyweight. Yeah, oh, yeah, that Opening is for that. no great one, good yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these are the only two I can really think were that extensively use this shot where it's not incredibly annoying. But this uses it a lot more than Requiem for a Heavyweight. Well, this well, is this is the yeah. first you know chronologically it's first twenty five percent at f- least first quarter I, of the movie at least that yeah. much if not more. So so Humphrey Bogart has escaped in in a. Uh, this is one of those illogical sort of film noir things. You know, he's he somehow escapes in a barrel that no one checks coming out of the coming gates out of, of San Quentin prison. Yeah, <laughs> he's and just so, north of SF. And 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 he's he's doing this authorial intrusion. He he's sort of narrating. You know, mm-hmm. what's the, I only have so many minutes before the you right. know the alarm rings, and uh, I have to do this. That, my socks. Where are my socks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 keeping it sort of uh, coming mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moves along nicely. Uh, he's uh, so so he's escaped from San Quentin. Yep. The, the barrel rolled out of the truck. He yep. is in a ditch, and he's looking for a way north, uh, a way back to San Francisco. Civilization. Still, or, or still with this first sort of person camera mm-hmm. work. Car pulls up. A really interesting car. It's notable because it's a jalopy that's a convertible that has upholstery from an old circus tent. Right. That becomes important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sky picks him up. Yep. Or tries to pick him up. Yeah, tries to. <laughs> and he starts asking too many questions. Right, because uh, because uh, he just picked up a stranger <laughs> wearing a denim outfit. With stripes down the side. With stripes and down a, the side. an alarm going off. <laughs> right, 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 right next to San Quentin with, a, with, a, with its sirens wailing. Right? So we get this great sort of yeah. like punching the guy out, like the, the, the fist coming from out the outskirts of the camera. Because right, there's still a rock'em sock'em robot look there. <laughs> Boom. So he so he realizes this isn't his way out, mm-hmm. and another car pulls up. Right while he's yeah while he's dealing with this guy's uh, you know, body you yeah know. Not, not corpse but body right uh, and another car pulls up boom and it's the the uh, it's Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Now, this is the third of I think four movies that they made together. This to have and half not mm-hmm. the big sleep. This one dark passage and then a year later they did Key Largo. Right, I think right. it's four in total. This was the third one that they did together. This is actually my favorite. Oh, yeah. That they did together. Yeah. Um, and, and so. Although Key is pretty kind. Okay, well, yeah, nice. we'll no, definitely talk about that at some point. point. But she says, you know, come in. And, and he doesn't know what's going on. It's almost mm-hmm. as if she's been expecting him. Right. And so he hides in there's the back. A, there's a creepy element to this part of it. Yeah, why, like, why is she there? How is she come along? It's, mm-hmm. it's so noir. It's like the, the best of noir in a way. And that it's, it's mm-hmm. got this sort of mystery around it. Uh, and, and, and it forces you... Um, to accept the unacceptable, what's right. that called? Uh, suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief. Anyway, so so she's been she's been painting the landscapes in Marin County, which sh- that, that's not a bad idea. Sure, that's pretty up there. That's a great contribution, Tom. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's pretty. She got paint. She all makes some paint. So he hides underneath this sort of great picture. Put a little dog in the front. Paint drop cloth, and she gets him over the bridge. And <laughs> Hillbilly Billy Bob Ross. If you love San Francisco, it's also this is a great ride. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. it's it's whatever the equivalent of green screens were back in the old days, right, but right. it's still a sort of interesting ride over the bridge. Over the Golden Gate Bridge, perspective shot of, of, from his point of view of going over, peeking the out Gate of the canvas, mm-hmm. and she gets him over 
over back to her place. Right. And, and we come to find out is that she knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, he had been, um, uh, charged and, and, um, convicted, convicted, thank you, of murder, uh, which is why he escaped. And uh, she had gone I'll to never his... be, I'll never be convicted of your murder. Oh. <laughs> Exhibit B. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, so she, she, um, she had spent every day, um, in the courtroom during his trial, right. sort of watching it. And, and she'd collected, um, clippings of his trial. And he's sort of at, a, at this loose ends, like, why is this woman is so interested in my life? You know, she's helped she me out of there. And she believes he's innocent. And she believes he's innocent. And there's a whole backstory about her own father being um, similarly railroaded, yeah. in her opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 you know, now we have a very familiar sort of trope, which is that he somehow has to evade the law while while figuring out who the real murderer was of his wife. Boom. It's almost it's almost Hitchcockian in a sense. Yeah, it does have I mean, a Hitchcock quality about it. Yeah, it handled very differently than Hitchcock did. Would have, but 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 it has that quality of that kind of movie there. Yeah. It, it has a great um, sort of a swing um, soundtrack yep. to it. Mm -hmm. It has a great sort of um, observation of the sort of the landscape of San Francisco. It has yeah. I, you you know more about these the sort of streets than than I do, but but um, you know there's. Um, Great sort of shots that you never see, uh, like the, what's the wooden staircase? Under the bridge, where they go the wooden staircase that's on Telegraph Hill, yeah. right? Uh, the, the the part where uh, they're driving under the bridge much later on in the movie, yeah. Like you don't see those shots; those don't appear in any movie. And by the way, I have to say the her uh, Lauren Bacall's apartment yeah. building yeah. is still there, okay, and is I think the people there are so freaking annoyed with all the tourists just because of this movie. People go to see this apartment really because of the movie. It yeah. heartens me to think that there are enough people who like oh, Dark yeah. Passage that that they would do that. But yeah, this is a definite stop. Well, I want to do it now. Well, now and, that you told me that. And well, you should, my friend. So, so um, it's really just about that and mm -hmm. trying to figure out. And and so one of the ways that he goes uh -huh. about. Well, so now we have this. Okay, but we got to talk about the real. Okay. okay, so so he's at her apartment, but he can't stay there because she's going to get in trouble if he right. gets found out. And he's he needs, so what he. He he plans to do is go get some plastic. He needs to get plastic surgery. This is so where I was going to go next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is where do you, this is where to go. This is such a fascinating thing. Yeah, he decides he, a, a sympathetic cab driver. I don't know why this cab driver is so sympathetic to mm -hmm. him, but but um, guides him to a plastic surgeon <laughs> right. who's the nuttiest fucking plastic surgeon oh, you've ever he's seen. So great, man. It's got he's this wonderful, weird special effects accompanying this. Because as he goes under under the anesthetic. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah let's not give it away. But but anyway, so so. So all of a sudden, um, Humphrey Bogart spends another period of time. The camera angles switch, and he's sort of now a third personage in, in right. the normal sense Standard of, of film issue. narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and he comes out, and now he's got the sort of invisible man sort of bandaging right. around him. And he right. can't really speak, and he has to write out his language. And so it's another sort of really inventive way that this film develops its, dial uh, its, its story is that the dialogue now becomes something he writes down and Lauren yeah. Bacall responds to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, it's really clever too. It's not. It's something you would think that would be antithetical to a movie situation. You know, a talking movie, certainly. Sure. Yeah. But but they, they make it work. It they works make it work. Really and, and well. Eventually, the bandages are cut off, and so now it's Humphrey Bogart as we know Humphrey Bogart. And at this point, we we, we get to see a newspaper. Yeah. I love this one. You get to see a newspaper uh, showing the escaped prisoner, which uh, is the old face. Which, right. Which is him. Vincent yeah. is his name in the, yeah, in the yeah. movie. Uh, which is you look at the at the picture, it's just enough like Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, they must have found some stock photographs somewhere and to, just fatten up his cheeks or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> but it was great. It's uh, it, so so that's really the rest of the movie is his him sort of um, 
trying to figure out exactly what happened to his wife, right. which we won't give away. But I will say this, that um, a, another <laughs> another character that pops up is uh, the Lady Agnes brilliant Agnes Morgan, who is it, such a cunt in this movie. Oh, she's <laughs> awful. Uh, you love to hate her. Oh, yeah. She's right out there. And, and she obviously knew him. She's so, well. That this is one of the the flawed elements of the movie. That's what that I'm talking about. She it's, somehow knew this guy, like Vincent, the, but she also knows Lauren Bacall. Right. The Dickens but did not know It's, them it's all the Dickens coincidences. Yeah. That are the real flaw. <laughs> this movie. Just, like she just like Lauren Bacall hangs out and she paints in near San Quentin yeah. because she's got this required thing for. Vincent, you know, who she thinks. And so it just all, it just comes together too well. There's a cab driver who's friendly and happens to know a plastic surgeon. I don't care. Just No, exactly. I don't care about any of these these things that are ridiculous because it's just such a great movie. It's so stylized. Compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, I I mean, I won't say how, but near the end where the, um, the cop, um, starts questioning Humphrey Bogart, who's now that the face has been changed. Starts questioning (laughs) the, I mean, it's one of those. If you ever watch old movies where cops grill people on the streets, right. your immediate answer would be "fuck off." I don't have to like go away. <laughs> what are you doing? But in these films, for some reason, they nervously try to answer the questions. Well, that's because uh, that's because uh, Miranda rights have not <laughs> been established mm. at that time. Carmen probably. Miranda rights. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. That's cha- that's Charles. Whatever. Same that, thing. That's <laughs> so anyway. I guess, I guess we both really like. Dark oh, Dark Passage is wonderful, yeah, and 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 as you pointed out, it it just it highlights these little areas of San Francisco that you never see, yeah, in anything, you know, mm-hmm. like the, like you're talking about the stairs going up the Telegraph Hill and uh, you know the backside of the bridge, Marin County for God's sake, yeah, coming into San Francisco on the bridge, it's just it really is, it's a it's a quintessential San Francisco city, yep, uh, used they, to great effect, fifteen years later, oh yeah, in Blake Edwards, 1962. 62, correct. Classic. Experiment, Experiment in, in terror. terror. Experiment in Terror, I should say this first, has such a great soundtrack driven by Henry Mancini. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. dad had um, the soundtrack to Experiment in Terror. Mm-hmm. And I remember in 2002, I wanted to borrow it. I was up in, up in San Francisco. I was living in San Diego at the time. I wanted to borrow it. But um, I was afraid to bring it in my suitcase on the airplane because oh. it was a year after 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, that was sort of overkill, but uh-huh. I just didn't want to bring something called Experiment in Terror on it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, so experiment successful. Yeah. Uh, well, though, understand, like, my, my dad had, well, he had a couple of things. He had a, he had a, he had a huge boner for all things Mancini. Like Henry Mancini. You can leave off about all things Mancini. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I don't know. I think it was a. Th- Never mind. Yep. I'm not going to. Let's. It's like cast aspersions on his Irishness. No, no, please. So, don't. anyway, he loved Mancini. Uh, he gave pussy a lot. Anyways, but he loved Mancini. Ah, <laughs> let's make this, what are you doing? Let's make this unlistenable. Okay. Um, but uh, no, um, yeah, no, he loved Henry Mancini. Yep. Like all of his work. Like mm-hmm. he had every record that had Mancini, you know, even mentioned on it practically. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, huge fan of Mancini. He was a huge fan of this movie in particular. This movie with starring Glenn Ford. Starring Glenn Double Ford. N- and Lee Remick. Lee Remick. Oh, One year and, before she did Days of Wine and Roses. Ah, that, that maybe her at, at her most luminous, I would say. Wait, I think you're forgetting a little film called Anatomy of a Murder. No, I still think she's prettier in this, but I think she was a better oh, actor in that one than, okay. than 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 she was in subsequent movies. I think in, in Anatomy of a Murder, I think that was her. 
Like she just acted the hell out of that role. Well, the the the, the co-starring role of San Francisco starts right at the beginning with that Henry Mancini soundtrack mm-hmm. and and the overhead shot of her driving over the bridge. Yes, into San Francisco. Into San Francisco, right? We're never sure what she was doing in Marin County. It doesn't matter. Does it? Everyone starts in Marin County, ends in San Francisco, <laughs> as they should. All right, graduate. And so, yeah, and so. She drives into her garage, gets mm-hmm. out of her garage, and is immediately accosted from behind by right. a, a stockinged gentleman. Yes, a gentleman uh, using the shadows to to his to his great advantage, and he you know he uh, gra- puts his hand over her mm-hmm. mouth and he pinions her, and he basically mm. starts laying the groundwork for what's what he's going to do here. Which is to say that he wants she works at a bank, and he wants her. Well, he, does he say it at this point, or he gets the instructions this later Tom on? Tom's musing. Hmm. Tom is amusing. Mm. Hello. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but ultimately, yeah, he wants her to rob the bank where yeah. she works. You know, just walk out the door with with money, and if she doesn't do that, he yeah. will. He's uh, he's willing, and he's beginning to unlo- unleash his you know, crusade of terror against Lee Remick's uh, character. And her and, s- younger sister and her played younger, by Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He happens to be going, uh, this is another dad moment here, but the, he happens to be going to Lincoln High School. And uh, my yes. dad never got tired of pointing out that he was in this movie. Recently, he made me drive there a uh, couple of months ago to uh-huh. show me what you're about to say. He was in the movie because he was in the because when they were filming it, he was at school that day. Yes, and he was up uh, playing basketball in the gym in the old gymnasium, which which shows in the background as she's going to school. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think he feels like he was cheated, and he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, so. Well, plus he had a huge thing for Stephanie Powers. Did he really? Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So um, he. Uh, th- anyway. So so. The, I'm sorry. I'm stuttering and stumbling here. Yes, you are. This is not Tom. This is Joe this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So she's being blackmailed, essentially, and she makes a call. Is Mm. it the FBI? It is. I don't know why. There's a flaw right there. Why would she immediately call the FBI? I guess because it's a bank crime. Yeah, it is a big crime, yeah. Yeah, I guess but that's still, it. But I would have like, called the cops first. Just 911 it, man. Exactly, right. Okay. Well, <laughs> they didn't have 911 back yeah. then. They had 811. Right. That's well, effective. Something like that. Zero, zero, zero. Ooh, that was... The stone cutters. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Glenn Ford is the FBI agent, mm-hmm. and he has to sort of unravel because she's afraid she's being watched. And she, she has to speak in code. Right. And so somehow part of the film is sort of unraveling how it is that she be- he begins to understand the situation she's in. Right. Right. Uh, and and also him being like the only the like sort of the poster child of the G-man. He really is in this movie. He, you it's know, a little dragnetty in a sense. Glenn Ford kind of is in general, I would say. Yeah, he plays that character really well. Yeah. I I always always like Glenn uh, Ford even in a bad movie. Yeah. 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 And he always and he's always at his best when he's playing some kind of mid-level authority figure character. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. No one plays middle management better than Glenn Ford. Not that I'm aware of. That's yeah. not a, a great thing to say about somebody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> but he plays it well. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, and he's fabulous in this one too. Yeah, and he's fun and he's surprising and it's a manhunt basically. They're yeah. trying to find this guy and bring him down. At one point, he's looking for. At one point, we find out that the. 
uh, the character, uh, the the terrorist, the the, the yeah. bad guy, is named Red, and he's got a big thing for Chinese ladies. Yep. So he goes over to Chinatown and starts searching through the. <laughs> we find out that that, uh, that his character well, we speaks know what, Chinese. We know what area of town to look at now. Certainly. Chinatown. Well, back then it was <laughs> that's where all the Chinese lived. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so yeah. So he starts this this manhunt, and it's it's as the procedurals go, it's pretty good. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I like this movie. Oh, that's a great movie. And it ends, you know, the the ending is fabulous, and it's done right in the middle of Candlestink Park. Candlestink? Candlestink. Oh, man. The worst baseball stadium in the history of the world. It's really not a good one. No. Well, it was, it was, there's actually a really great story about how it was built. There was, um, the contractor, the guy who sold the land to the city, basically, yep. wouldn't meet anybody there past, uh, <laughs> past, like I think it was one in the afternoon, uh-huh. it, on the site where Candlestick, it was proposed to build it. Because of the winds? Because the winds come in at about 1.30 and turn that place into a freezing hell. Uh, okay. Which is which is which it once the once the stadium went up, everybody figured that out very quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now it's gone. Yeah. Part of me is a little bit sad about that, but I never did like nobody. Nobody liked going to Candlestick. I don't think it was never a joy. Anyways, that's where the movie ends, and it's like I said, yeah. San Francisco is plays this this beautiful part in it, and much in a much less sort of obtrusive sense than than it did in Dark Passage, uh-huh. right? Like the the Candlestick part, that's big. There's a, there's a there's some great shooting down at Fisherman's Wharf, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is one of the great uh, for for a for an S, uh, for a San Franciscan one of the one of the truly funny moments is when she has to go down there because she's got to get instructions from the bad guy yeah. on what to do and she just goes down to Fisherman's Wharf and just like just parks just parks yeah. right like that's yeah, not it's a ridiculous. possibility yeah well it's, well it's interesting if you watch Dark Passage and then you watch um, Experiment in Terror to 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 note the how it's changed in oh. those fifteen years for mm-hmm. North Beach for instance right. Has, oh yeah, has absolutely. become a, a real sort of um, strippersville, hungry eye. The hungry eye. What I don't remember. The, I think it was the Roaring Twenties were the, uh, the the one club that they go into. Tom and I went to the Hungry Eye. Do you remember oh, when we went? Oh, I remember. Eye? Can I forget That's it? Twenty five years ago. Taking a freaking Brillo brush oh, to my, my brain. God. We decided to be. I guess men. I'm not sure what we were doing, but like, let's go to a strip club, Tom. We went to the Hungry and Eye. Let's go, let's go garner a couple of boners unrequited. And we went in. And it was, it. First of all, there was a carrying charge for, I, I think we had sodas. There was like a carrying charge. Yeah. Yeah. They tried to rip us off. Oh, but it in was In like four disgusting. or five different ways. Yeah, it was not okay. It turned me off of strippers clubs for a while, <laughs> forever. For a while. For a while, anyways. I got, uh, I've, I've since gotten over it, but oh, okay, yeah, just one, the one, I remember the one girl that's up there like, you know, full nude client. Gotta, you gotta do it for the yeah. ladies, man. Gotta yeah, do yeah. it for the ladies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one woman <laughs> in a full nude place, and she's got like her top off, which is very nice, but she had on tights because well, I don't know. And somehow I didn't want to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was something contagion. Horrible. Yeah, like a contagion, maybe a yeah. bullet hole somewhere. Not quite close. <laughs> Wooden leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty, <sighs> it was pretty awful. Sorry. So, anyway, so uh, I guess Ooh, I, I like leg. now, since we're doing three, I kind of want to do. Maybe some sort of comparisons. I'd like Dark Passage more than I like Experiment in Terror, but I do like Experiment in Terror. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, it's a better movie. It is. It is. It is actually a better movie. Dark Passage. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Experiment in Terror is uh, is is good, but it's it's a little more pedestrian. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a little more. I was waiting where douchebag word. I hate you in this episode. I was, going, I was wondering. There it is, Tommy. It was a little jejun for me. I was like, I did. I hate me too. I join you in that club, sir. All right, so we skip forward fifteen oh, years to off. get there. Let's let's skip forward twelve years from there to nineteen seventy four to talk about Francis Ford Coppola's. Mm-hmm. The conversation, yes, much like what we're doing here. By the way, that's a Francis Ford. Yeah, you're right. Joe's wearing a shirt. With what Francis Ford Coppola on it? No, no, this is Kubrick. Is it? Ah, yeah. oh, the beard always throws me. Okay, anyways, yeah. So Francis Ford Coppola. Mm, the beard will throw you. <laughs> that was not sequitur, but what the hell that meant? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'll agree with you. So okay, so we're talking uh, about the conversation. This was the conversation. Yep. This was uh, Coppola's sort of passion piece after the after the success of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. He was just allowed off the off the leash, and he made this movie. It's quiet. It's one of his quietest movies. Same year as Godfather Two, by the Same way. Same as Godfather Two, yep. and I have to say, I think this is amongst my top ten. I have to say one of the worst things that you do, and it's maybe worse than 9-11, is that you say uh, and write amongst. But go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I like, you know, pick your battles. I enjoy that. And that's very nice. Yep. Okay. okay cool. All things, priorities. Amongst. <laughs> okay. Douche yourself. Anyways, uh, so yeah. So you I'll just to, be quiet whilst you talk, Tom. You should do that and use a prom, use good good grammar. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. I just wanted to derail you. Go ahead. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. well, <laughs> talk about the conversation. Sir. How did this? How did it go shitty? I don't know. <laughs> it was a con. Oh, fucking Agnes Moorhead over here with with a beard. More of a beard. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, the conversation. It's like I said, it's one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. There's mm-hmm. something about the way it's crafted, yep. the way it comes across, and how it's 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 a dark look at the human soul. Ah. It's a very dark look. It really is. Yeah. There's not, there's... This is one of those. This is one of those wonderful movies where redemption is just not on the table. <laughs> yeah. It just isn't. So we're talking. About, we're talking about Gene Hackman. Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman, by the way, is one of those. Great. Like I don't know why he's not mentioned in the same breath as uh, De Niro or Pacino because he's every bit as good. Every I, bit as good. And and honestly, has held his has held his own better over the years. He actually he retired after um, he made. A movie? The Royal Town? No. No, no. He made a movie called Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano, and it broke him. Oh, uh, yeah. He just couldn't. <laughs> he, he was like, I'm done. I'm done with movies <laughs> from now on. And that was 15 years ago or something. He hasn't made a movie uh, since. Oh, good. Thank God. Do that. Keep that. Because De Niro could take a lesson from you, Frank. Why yeah. Like Pacino. Uh, but, no, he was... God, he was so good. He, yeah, he's he is one of the great actors of Hollywood, that's for sure. And if yeah. you don't believe that, go suck a dick and watch The French Connection. But um, mm-hmm. but in this movie, he plays Harry Call. Harry Call is yes, a man. Everyone. Suck a dick and enjoy our podcast yes, while right. I insult you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he plays Harry Call. Harry Call is a uh, specialist in um, uh, what do you call that? Ah, the word is escaping me. I'm just gonna let you simmer. Go ahead. Let <laughs> you hang there. He's a he's yeah. an expert in. Is it surveillance time? Thank you. That is the <laughs> word I was looking for. <laughs> I wouldn't lie there, stupid. I love it. <laughs> oh, you're amongst uh, the worst. God, I love that you're gonna die one day. It's yeah. gonna be such a great day. You won't be there to see it. I've got the soundtrack. Okay, so <laughs> he he is an as uh, an expert in surveillance. Your ashes over a hot dog and eat the fucking thing. <laughs> but particularly. Uh, audio surveillance. Audio surveillance. Yeah, yeah specifically, but yeah, 
Uh, and so what he does is, and so the opening of the movie is, yeah. is very, it's like, what the fuck is going on? You have no right. idea really what's going on. And what we're doing is we're watching these two people walk around uh, an area in San Francisco called Union Square. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's the major shopping area, but there's this uh, a square in the middle of it. And this couple is having a conversation as they walk around the square. Yeah. All right. Now he is observing it. And because they have to be taped without them knowing it yeah he's got like eight no he's got like i want to say six or seven uh different listening stations and techniques that he's using to try to capture this conversation which is what he's been paid to do he's a surveillance specialist yeah surveillance he's, good word that's that's his thing this is it's, like when you want to remember someone's name and say hi bob nice <laughs> to see you bob you're gonna say surveillance like four times right I totally well that's so it. i'll never forget it okay go ahead Anyways, uh, so uh, so so they're wandering, they're they're wandering around Union Square. They're ca- he's capturing this conversation in bits and pieces. Yeah. Now, in a very simpler sense, the, the movie is about that conversation. That's mm-hmm. the conversation. Right. And over the course of the rest of the movie, he tries to piece together all those different elements of his recording yeah. into one coherent recording. It's quite challenging in a way, I, but that's just the what's happening. Everything else is what makes this movie great. I think. Um, it was near the end of my previous marriage uh, that I wanted my wife to accompany me to um, an Algerian thriller that was based on algebra. And she just had it with me. And, and I just had it with you. Well, I, I, I mentioned that because I think that if someone were to hear you're very apt no, and, and accurate thing, it would be like, what? Oh, my God. But but that's what's great, brilliant about this film is it takes it's such a simple and, and yet complex idea of somebody whose life it is to sort of piece together other people's other lives, people's lives and conversations yeah. and, and make something fascinating and heartfelt and Co- interesting coherent, even. and coherent yes yeah and, and, and uh, this is that is one of the problems i've had with this movie over the years is it's really hard to sell it's hard wow. to sell to somebody who's never seen it because there's no way to make it sound great it just is so so harry uh so so but the, but again that's what's happening what what the what the everything underneath it is really what's fascinating and it's yeah. a study ultimately of harry call himself as a person who's, who spends his time studying other people, he yeah. knows exactly how easy it is to do what he does right. to other people. He's terrified of it happening to, to him. him. Yeah. So he lives in an apartment with one key, and nobody's allowed into his apartment. Right. Uh, he has a girlfriend, uh, played by um, Shelley. No. Um, gosh, I can't remember her name. Anyways, I'll, I'll look that up later on. But uh, but he's got a girlfriend who's essentially, it's never clear if she's a hooker or if she's a girlfriend in some senses mm-hmm. that he visits, but he only comes over to her place and he does it at midnight because he doesn't want to be observed right. by other people. He's terrified of that notion. Yeah. There's a, there's a real paranoia in his life. Yeah. And yeah. Hackman plays it, I mean, the opposite of Popeye Doyle. That's the great range of this guy. Uh, yeah. He beat Popeye Doyle in 71 yeah. and, and, and Harry in and, 71. And Harry is a guy who hates to talk. Right. Like, that's right. really interesting to pull off a fascinating character yeah. who like just doesn't actually like talking. It's difficult. You're right. This is a difficult movie to sell. It and is. Um, mm-hmm. it enra- it's sort of the the rage of of the non the outsider from San Francisco too, in a way. All these sort of rages we feel at things that are beautiful. Like recently, I tried to two people I really respect in life. I tried to get them to watch the Manchurian Candidate, 
and it was nothing but a bore fest. Twenty minutes, and they were out. And it's like you just what? What are you talking about? And it's the same thing here. If I can only force you to sit and watch the conversation, but people will not be forced, mm-hmm. oh. except people who pro- might watch listen to this podcast. That type of person, but right, yeah, people, uh, people, uh, this brilliant. Huh? Huh? Uh huh. How's that, Felicia? The word is uh, surveillance. Surveillance. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> and the other word is also Terry Gar. That's that's who plays his girlfriend. Oh this. right. Very young uh, Terry Gar. She's uh yeah. She's so she's in this. Uh, yep. Penny Marshall is in this. This is one of those movies that's also. Yeah. No, no, no. Not, Cindy Williams. There you go. Cindy Williams. Sorry. Yeah. Schlemiel, Schlemazel. The other Schlemazel. Yeah. Uh, is in this. Uh, this is one of those Bobby movies Odetto. that's like that that it captures like the beginning arc of a bunch of. What would go on to be great careers, except for Cindy Williams? She was at the end of her career. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, well, she made one more film that I remember after this, and it was a uh, she co-starred with Dean Martin, <laughs> and the film was never released. Well, that was probably why. Yeah, <laughs> he blew out her cervix. Poor Cindy or Williams, poor girl. But at the same time, the Harrison Ford. This is one of his first roles. Yeah, Robert Duvall, one of his first roles. The, all these these little characters. No, not Robert Duvall. One of his first. Oh, he'd been in The Godfather already. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll Twice. Okay, I'll shut up now. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. You shut up. It's like, b- blow me. Um, God, you... Uh, <laughs> fucking, I hate it when <laughs> you're right dude, so much. Um, <laughs> when I'm right so much. Oh, yeah. and of course, the great... You know, one of the one of the greatest second bananas in all of moviedom. Yep. Uh, Cassell? Yeah, John Cassell. John Cassell. Who, yeah. was, who was... I guess he was uh, Meryl he, Streep's, like, big love affair in really? life. Yes. In fact, he encouraged her to become an actress, which was probably a good <laughs> Again, move. I think that's worked out for some people. Yeah, yeah. But the man uh, the man was in like a Dark total of five, five movies and four of them are like the they're all like one of the greatest movies of this all time. This is the same year he was Fredo. Yeah. I'm not dumb. Yeah. Godfather 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Jesus, the conversation. Like he's yeah. just been He's amazing. He's he just makes every movie that much better. Yeah. And if and you gotta watch Dog Day Afternoon just yeah. to see that. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Breathtaking in that. Yeah. But um yeah. So one of my like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. What's your take? Um I wouldn't put it in one of in, in that category, but it's it's a fine movie. I mean, if I had such a thing as like my top f- 50 list it would certainly make it in there but mm-hmm. it's not in my my top 10 but it is a, 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 a i think what stops it for being higher up in my estimation is is that it's you have to be in the mood to watch it okay or i do i have to be in the right mood i i don't think i i think i can watch it anytime but i can see how that would be the case yeah, yeah. it's definitely it's, moody it's moody as fuck yeah it's atmospheric it's and it's use of San Francisco. It's mm-hmm. like uh, it's you know it's Union Square. It's like all these places that got didn't get hit before. Like see, they're in Union Square. His office is in Dogpatch. Yeah. Like saying so, you know he's at the uh, the St. Francis Hotel. Yeah. He's like just all these great little sort of things. And it's a and it's a for me there's something very nostalgic about this because this is the era when you know when I was a kid I would visit yep. my dad and we would go into the San, into San Francisco and sure. this is the San Francisco I remember ah. the the enormous cars I am how the fuck did anybody park <laughs> how did that happen yeah I have no idea yeah. but but like you know the giant gas guzzling cars on and just um yeah this is well, something about it and the fact that of course the conversation ultimately because we don't know you know these perceptions into other people's worlds are sure. inherently flawed by us as much as anything else. Yeah, we don't know what this the, the conversation isn't what at all what you think it's about. The, the whole that whole thing it's a great twist ending too. There's a really g- great film, um, a German film about the East German Stasi called um, 
the lives of others. Hmm. That's I, I wouldn't say it really necessarily takes off from the conversation, but it's the same concept. I think I'd recommend that film. Okay, sure. Not non-classic film or whatever, but... Hmm. Yep. Well, all right. So, I mean, there are obviously three films we love a lot. If I'm yeah. gonna, if I think our list would be different. I think I would still put Dark, Dark Passage as my favorite, mm-hmm. The Conversation as my second, and in third place, Experiment in Terror, but still a great film. Yeah, absolutely. I would. Um, I'm yeah. I'm gonna go Conversation, Dark Passage, Experiment in Terror. I yep. will say that being the case, this is where, it, like I said, it's so fucking hard to sell the conversation. Yep. Dark Passage is a more enjoyable movie. Yeah. It doesn't take you into the dark <laughs> places of the soul that That's the conversation the is goes into. We love into. movies that aren't enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. Oh, uh, this is a this is a, this is a dark look at my own soul. I, I mean, I love those movies. Well, it's not just that. I mean, we love um nostalgia, I guess, and we, we even love like the different colors that pop up movies. I'm thinking of one we missed off our San Francisco <laughs> list, and that's the streets of San Francisco <laughs> with the great Tom Bosley, uh, along with Carl Malden mm-hmm. and a young um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, cancer free uh, at that point. That's what I hear. What a compliment. Oh, what a great way to go. But, but I mean, that's Streets of San Francisco is not a great movie but it is a great movie it's a, or it's fun or it's enjoyable or something I don't like the inside of my own head I don't know how there's a person that's a lot to look at oh, it's a big head it's mm. filled with wonderment <laughs> but, there, but the, the, how, how is it possible that I love the conversation and we're no angels <laughs> which is one of the dumbest movies do you like ever. we're no angels I love the original we're no oh, angels I love no. that movie I know you hate it but I don't care Okay, I don't care because I'm smart I'm smart. Not like they say. <laughs> Not like they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we do love San Francisco. Oh, yeah. We love these three movies. We love each other. We're iffy about that, frankly, uh, Tom. Getting, getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's a little cunty, but... Yeah. Joe's just a little... Bam. Taste the wonder. <laughs> okay. Taste the amazement. Uh, we, so We should do some... Uh, I think we should do some business, Tom. I think we should probably do some of the business. We should give people the business. I'll allow me, sir. Please, sir. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, we love you. Uh, we really appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, God bless you. Please spread the word. Let every, let other people know about us. Um, if you feel the compulsion, uh, we cannot uh, emphasize enough how much we'd appreciate it if you joined us on Patreon. Just uh, send a couple of shekels our way so we can afford this wonderful equipment mm-hmm. and uh, the rent on this office. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, join us on uh, Patreon. Uh, jo- please join us on iTunes. Give us a rating there. Yeah, review uh, and a rating. Our website is the is Finley's on Film. Yeah, uh, no the, just Finley's on Film. Correct. And we know Finley'sonfilm.com. Come yep. check us out there. Join us in, in our Finleysian empire. All right, folks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Fucking empire. <laughs> no.